0: with some cards, and if you could just take a few moments to fill that out, so we kind of know that you're here, and if there's any questions you may have about our church, we can answer those, we just be able to, want to be able to connect with you. So if you could take a few moments, sometime throughout the service today, and fill that out, uh, after service, what we can do is there's an offering box right at the back, you can feel free to just slip it right in that offering box, and uh, that just helps us to be able to assist you and help you, and uh, we want to connect, so please take a few moments to do that. I also want to let you know, of course, on the back of that card is where we put our prayer requests. So if you're here for the first time or you've been here a million times, uh, but you have some needs, you have things that you're praying for in your life, well, we get together on Wednesdays and we pray over those things. And we uh, you know, we want to be able to pray with you over the things that you're praying about. Because we want, to, uh, we want to support one another. We want to encourage one another. We want to pray for one another. So if you have a need, if you have a prayer request, or if you have any comments or questions, feel free to write it on the back of that card and, and drop a the offering basket or in, in the box on the way out. We'll be happy to help you there. Um, also, I want to let you know that uh, Freedom Church upstairs is doing a Thanksgiving dinner from 12 to 4. If there's anyone who is, has no place to go for Thanksgiving, that'd be a great place. We're kind of connecting with them on that, and they're going to be there. And uh, all are invited. So if you have no place to go here from 12 to 4 on Thanksgiving Day, can come right here to, to Heritage up in, the, up in the fellowship hall area and how to do there. I also want to let you know that our Hope Restored store is uh, something that we continue to do, and this is our way as a church to give back to the community. This is our way to be able to serve the community, so what we do is we take in donations, things that we get for nothing, and we refurnish, clean them up, and, uh, and put them in our store, and all the profits for our store go to local organizations, and we've been able to give uh, over $8,000 uh, since April for that store. So let's go ahead and, uh, I think that's reason to thank God this morning. So yeah. go give it away to a lot of different organizations, and the last one was this, uh, the Samaritans of Cape Cod and the Islands, and so we appreciate the work that they're doing. And I also met this week with the Founder's Homeless Prevention Program. And uh, so I sat down with them. Actually, they met me at the store. So we had a great conversation about what we're doing here as a church and uh, how we're going to be supporting them in this next month. And we want to be able to do that. I think it's important that we show our community that we're for them and that we can serve and help in ways that maybe others can't. And there's no reason that we can't support those. We're doing great work in our community. And We want to be able to do that. Hope Restored is our way to do that. And, uh, we have so many volunteers that are helping that uh, we would never be able to do what we're doing without them. So uh, for each of those volunteers, they play a part. And for those who have donated and those who have done different things, you play a part in giving that $8,000 away to our, our community. So I want to thank you for that opening doors. Opening doors, yes. Amen. So we're continuing in this Move From 2 series. And we've been stuck in one particular place on moving from COVID to revival. And I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, that everything that we're facing and going through right now, that God is about to move and to do something great, despite what we see in our world. And I think sometimes we can get so down about the world, we can watch the news and next thing you know we're depressed and we think everything is going wrong. But I do believe that God uses circumstances to, for his glory. He uses circumstances to turn things around. And I believe that COVID is no different. You know, I firmly believe that he will work out all things together for those who love him, for the good. And I believe that he's working this together for the good in his church. And so I am believing for that. And this morning we're on COVID to Revival, Part 5. We're, we're continuing here in Matthew, Chapter 13. So I think it's so important uh, in this particular passage, the things that we're getting, learning about the kingdom specifically. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, this particular story but Mary Grahams of Alberta, Canada, lost her engagement ring while she was working in her garden. And she lost her engagement ring in 2004. They looked high and low, they could not find it anywhere that they looked. They looked through the dirt, they looked everywhere, and could not find it. She was, uh, by this point, she was 80, 84 years old. She said, we couldn't find it, I thought for sure that maybe they just tilled it or something happened and I never thought I would see it again. So, of course, after she lost it, she speedily found a replacement so that her husband would not have any any suspicions or uh, maybe give her a little bit of trouble because she lost that wedding ring. But recently, the ring turned up on a carrot that Graham's daughter-in-law pulled out of the ground. He said, I asked my husband if he recognized the ring, her daughter-in-law said. "Uh, Well, yeah, I did recognize that he said his mother lost the engagement ring years ago in the garden and never found it again. And here it is, it turned up on the carrot. Pretty interesting looking carrot. I don't know if you want to bite into that. <laughs> I don't know. many carrots? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, how many carrots in a night? It's pretty weird looking, but there you go. And though no, Graham's husband uh, died. Five years ago, she now is wearing her original wedding ring. Back to that. You know, sometimes we lose things that are valuable to us. We lose things that are very important to us. My encouragement to every one of us is though something has been lost, it doesn't have to be lost forever. It can be found again. And Jesus tells several parables about losing something of importance And the search to find it again. And the celebrations that happened because that thing had been found. You know, the search resulted in success. And what was being searched for was found. You might remember the passage where Jesus says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will... Uh, Let's go go through that again. (laughs)
1: I'm
0: not sure you guys are reading your Bible. (laughs) Ask and you will. See. Okay, better. Seek and you will. Ah. Knock and the door will be oh. open to you. Amen. Okay, there we go. I stand corrected. Maybe you haven't read it. Okay. So it begs the question. When we think about things that are lost, and we think about the parables of Jesus. When we think about Thanksgiving, what is really important? Or what is really important? thanksgiving is a time to reflect on what is truly important to us, and also thank God for the many blessings in our lives. There is a story told in a book called "The Seven Seasons of a Man in the Mirror" by Patrick Moore. It's an all-too familiar story about a man named Mike that causes us to rethink what is truly important in life. At the age of thirty-three. Mike had finally understood the meaning of Christ's death for his life, and he moved and he moved his head in his heart, and he was born again. He came to know Jesus at the age of 33. And one day, not long after, he was driving down the highway, and Mike was so overwhelmed by the presence of God that he had to pull over the car. And so overpowering was that experience that he had to say, God, no more. Please stop. He also had a man that began to spend time with him weekly, teaching him the Word of God and mentoring him. And at this time in his life, when he first came to Christ, he was really growing in his faith. And about two years later, Mike was offered the statewide distributorship for a major running shoe company. It was the break he was looking for. He had always wanted to own his own business.
1: It represented what was important to
0: him, what had value. He prayed for it, and now... He thanked God for it. Over the next 10 years, he fully devoted himself to building his business. He missed most of his growing up experiences with his two daughters, and he never really knew them. He traveled constantly, and to compensate for him being gone all the time, and to compensate for growing loneliness, his wife began to drink. Mike also, on his trips, began drinking, and eventually it all led to divorce. My business became my God, he said. I worship the goddess of name. After the divorce, Mike continued to live his immoral lifestyle and then began and continued to live that immoral lifestyle that he started on those business trips. The more he drank, the harder he worked, the more lonely and empty he felt inside. In despair, he began getting on his knees and trying to pray, but nothing would come out. He couldn't pray. He cried out, God, where are you? this happen? We lose our direction. We choose the wrong things to value. How easy it is to exchange what is truly important for the things that are temporary. We have a problem when we buy into the values of our culture instead of the values of the kingdom. What is really important? What is really important? Jesus tells us a few parables that clue us in on what is truly important, or perhaps even what's most important in our lives. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Interesting story, very short parable. What is Jesus trying to say here? My first point that we get from this small passage, this one verse, parallel in Matthew, is to put the kingdom first. Put the kingdom first. Value what is most important. You see, the man decided that he would sell everything he owned for his treasure. Another way of saying that is that the treasure became more important to him than everything else he owned. So is Jesus saying, give up all you have to get more, is that the point of this message? So if you sell everything you own, God will give you more valuable stuff? Is that the point? He's going to give you an upgrade, you're going to hand in your old phone, and you get an upgrade, right? For free, right? (laughs) It's an upgrade. So you give everything away, and God's going to give you an upgrade, right? Is that how that works? what the kingdom is all about. Or is there more to it? See, this is not what Jesus was saying at all. What he's saying is this. Now let's listen closely. What he's saying is that the kingdom of God is worth it. And the kingdom of God will last. The kingdom of God is worth it. And the kingdom of God will last. Here's a man who put kingdom over culture.
1: The man of the parable values
0: kingdom over culture. You see, culture says what well, you should get married, you should have a house, buy a house, you should have nice cars, 2.5 kids, maybe a half a dog. You know, I don't know how that works, but. And those kids need to be in the right schools, getting the right education, doing all the right things, and doing all the right activities and extracurriculars. And in order to achieve all those things, you need to run yourself ragged, keep deep in debt with your time and your finances, just trying to keep up. See, kingdom values recognize what is truly important. Kingdom values represent a willingness to give it away for the things that are important.
1: Now, before you go out and run and sell everything
0: you own, Jesus is not using this as a parable that we must follow. He is not telling us to sell sell everything we own as much as he's trying to alert us to really be focused in on what is most important, on what is truly important in life. See, it may take some sacrifice, but it is worth it in the end. The treasure is worth it. In a sense, this is giving, giving it all without a backup plan. Say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. Everything but you, Lord, let it fall away. All the chips are down. This man is all in. And he's hoping that this treasure is a fool's gold. So the kingdom is worth it, and the kingdom will last. When you read through Acts and you read through the early churches and the, and the things that they did and the apostles, they gave it all and they suffered for the sake of the gospel. Now I know that this is not the health and wealth gospel that you often hear that if you're doing all the right things, God's going to bless you and you're going to have everything you ever wanted and you're going to be healthy and you're never going to get sick. But that's also not what scripture teaches. There will be times, and there are moments of suffering But here's the difference for the apostles. Though they suffered, in their suffering, there was hope. In their suffering, there was hope. Though they were facing everything that they faced, though they faced death and threats, they continued to preach the gospel because even though they suffered, they had a hope for a life that was beyond this life. Many of you are familiar with the story of missionary Jim Elliott who was killed by the Akka tribe, trying to bring the gospel to unreached people. And a quote that is often quoted, and I think it's a good quote to, to speak of this morning, says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I'm say that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot Loops. Reminds me the echoes of Matthew 5, through 12 which isn't on the screen this morning. This is something I kind of added later including that quote where Jesus says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you. Rejoice and be glad. How many of you can do that? You know that person is insulting you You know, that person is persecuting you. In fact, you're offended at the things that they're saying. Rejoice and be glad. If you're rejoicing and be glad in those situations, that's not easy. There's no easy button for that one, I'm telling you. And I think we all have had our moments. Because great, here's why you can rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, over the past several weeks, we've been talking about not giving up on the harvest. Don't give up on the harvest. We've been talking about how the kingdom of God continues to advance, despite what we see with our eyes. We've also been talking about how the game has already been won.
1: You know, the enemy,
0: Satan, is walking around with his championship t-shirts, but we know that it's counterfeit, right? We know they have to make championship t-shirts for both of those teams in Super Bowls, but one loses. Satan's wearing the counterfeit shirt. He thinks he won, but he did not win. Imagine if you had a sure bet, a surefire winner, and you know 100% what the outcome is going to be. Would you sell it all and place everything on the surefire bet? Listen, church, we've already won. We don't have to hang our heads in disgrace. It's a surefire bet. We win. The kingdom of God continues to advance despite everything that has come against it. It has lasted thousands of years, how many of persecutions throughout time. Many even try to, people burning the scriptures, trying to get rid of all the scriptures, but yet here we sit here today, in Massachusetts, where others came for religious freedom. Don't be afraid to lay it all down. Regardless of what we face in this life, the kingdom is worth it, and the kingdom will last. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-25 says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. How many of us are disciplined in so many areas of our life, maybe in our work life, and we're doing it for a prize that will fade away here it says, but we do it. We're disciplined for an eternal prize. Sacrifice. You see, in our culture, people will not hesitate to sacrifice home, family, and the things that are most important on the altars of work, fame, money, and things. But in the end, it doesn't buy happiness. But give our finances and time to build the kingdom. Well, that seems like it's just too See, we're running for an earthly prize that will fade away. It's going to be no more. But we should be running the race for the eternal prize. There are only two kinds of things that will last into eternity. One is the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God will last forever, and the people in it. The kingdom is worth it. The kingdom will last, and we are called to reach people for this kingdom. It's the best investment you can give your time, treasure, and talents to and it's the best return on investment that will create eternal dividends, not just dividends on the side. So what is really important? This is not an issue of having wealth or having things. That is not the point of this parable. But we must keep our eyes on what is most important. The gospel being proclaimed in all the world, starting in our own neighborhood, in our own communities, this is the priority of someone who lives with kingdom values. That's why we give not only to our community, but we also give to missions, to missionaries who are out there in the field, in many different countries and nations in our mission fields, that we're supporting as a church, that are continuing the work for us and with us, and we're partnering with them to do the things that they're doing. This is the eternal prize. Put the kingdom first. The next part of the parable I want you to recognize, there's a key difference between the two. The first parable about the, is about the treasure in the field. And we see that the man kind of stumbled upon it. This wasn't something he was searching for. He just kind of ran into it, and he wasn't looking for it. And once he found it, though, he gave his all for it. He gave it all for which is most important, the thing that was the most valuable. But in this next parable, which is, again, just a couple of verses, we see that the man is a merchant, which means that he is searching for for the pearl. He is searching for something of great value. And in this parable, he finds it. Matthew 13, verses 45-46 to says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. So what have we learned so far Put the kingdom first. The second thing is to seek the kingdom. Seek the thing of greater value. This merchant was always on the lookout for things that he could purchase and sell and make money. And this merchant was looking specifically for pearls. And he was seeking for pearls. And he found a pearl. he found a pearl that he had never liked he had never seen before. A pearl of great value. So what did he do? He did the same thing that the man with all the treasure did. He sold it and he purchased the thing of greater value. He was seeking and he found something that was greater and more important than the things that he already had, the things that he had already thought was important. His values changed. Now, I want to make clear this morning that the point of these two parables is not to go and sell everything you own for the kingdom unless you're really sure that God is speaking that to you. The point of these two parables is more to point us toward the things that are more important than anything else. It's to help us to prioritize what we value. To recognize that the stuff of this life is just that It's stuff. But what is truly important in this life is advancing the kingdom. What is truly important is for the lost to be found. Whether you seek to... Whether you stumble upon them or whether you seek them out. And what is truly important is seeking the kingdom. And the great thing about getting into this kingdom is the price has already been paid. The price has already been paid. God gave his son to die on a cross so that we can be forgiven. and So that we can live life forever with him. There's another passage that's pretty familiar. you will see just a few chapters before in Matthew chapter 13. So it's actually Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'm sure you'll recognize this verse. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Can you say that? Above all else. Above all else. <laughs> Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Some other version to say, probably one that you might recognize a little bit more. Seek first. The kingdom of God. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. And he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Good <laughs> to So what's really important? What do we put first? The kingdom of God. All the other things that you need, God will take care. Of. God will take care of the other things. Put the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom. Now you might wonder about what happened to poor old Mike. Not this Mike, this Mike. Mike from the story I talked about earlier. Well, Mike finally called out to God. Finally, sensed that God was hearing his prayer. And in that prayer, God impressed upon him that he needed to stop drinking. He said it wasn't an audible voice, but he really sensed it was time to make a change. He found an AA group, and through that AA group, he reconnected to God. And six years later, he remarried. And God began a new work in his life as he continues to heal him to pick up the pieces of his life. Put the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom. And when we do this, I believe that we will see a shift from COVID to revival. We begin to seek the kingdom. I asked Sean Costa to come and share a testimony with us this morning about what God has done in his life. Because I think it's important that we hear testimonies from one another. Because I think sometimes we become far removed from when we were saved. And we forget what God has done for us. We take for granted what God has done for us. But when we talk about planting seeds of the gospel, when we talk about revitalizing those seeds of the gospel in our hearts, when so we get excited about remembering what God has done for us, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good for us to share so that we all remember what God has done in our lives. So that would encourage everyone here. This
1: morning. Thank you. It's really the to eat, uh, My story is it's, it's like I, I grew up in that field and saw that treasure every day and just didn't see the worth, and I stumbled across it in and I just never saw the worth. The devil had me blinded. You know, growing up, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, and my father was an usher in the church. And i uh, worked 60 hours a week, probably. You know, coming home every day, bringing us up in the Lord. Everything I should look up to. Uh, the way I want to bring my kids up, how uh, a man of God is supposed to bring up his family. I didn't see that. What attracted me was other cultural stuff out there. My uncle that sold drugs and, and attracted me that fast life and fast cars. And that's what attracted me. And that led to twenty years of drugs and crime and, and just out there running and you know, just in and out of rehabs and in and out of jail. I couldn't tell you a time when I was either on probation or in jail or on the run or you know, and it was just like my chorus, eleven pages. It was it was just constant and I knew no way out, you know. I, I tried everything. Uh, you know, I would go to the the AA meetings upstairs here, Tuesdays and Saturdays, every week, you know, for probation. At the same time, my mother and father's down here praying every week. i one on the prayer list every week. You know, they, they never gave up praying. You know, God's doing miracles in my life. I see it now, but I didn't see it back then. You know, He was keeping me alive for this life. I got in a knife fight, I 11 stitches on my neck. Uh, they threw me in the car and rushed me to the hospital. The doctor said if I was one more mile away, if it happened, I'd be gone. Uh, in a coma for three days. This church was praying every day. They uh, told my mother I'm going to wake up. My mother told the doctor he's going to wake up. God, what's the he He's going to be awake. I'm here today. And, uh, and I just didn't see it. Was, you know, people shot at me and You know, that's an angel standing in front of me, you know, protecting me. and saving me and I didn't even see it there." And then, you know, it seemed like this finally, 2009, I, I got locked up. It seemed like this is the last time I just had enough. You know, I'm almost 35. I was, I'm too old for this. You know, and that was when I just, I knelt down and surrendered. I think he surrendered to God. Uh, this time was different. You know, I used to try to bind with God. If you let me out, you know, I'll, I'll be good. Or, if you let me out, I'll go to charge. and you know, I think the devil would let me out, so I'm thinking, God, I can actually fight him with God. You know, this time I really meant it. I, I got on my knees, you know, and he, the guys who fall asleep and the gate open like we did for Peter, but I was still there, but I was free. You know, and that's when I got my right out. My chains are gone, I have been set free. It's my favorite song. Uh, and that's what was different, you know, and, and I got up and. God has been just doing nothing but blessings for me. Uh, You take a cup of uh, flour, you you bang it on the counter, it flattens down, and and you still got a half a cup left. God fills it back up and and overflows, shaking down. That's what that means. Everything that he's promised in the Bible, that's what I have. You know, I got baptized uh, right here, got married on the stage. You know, same job for 10 years. I haven't been arrested for 10 years. Statistically speaking, it's almost impossible. Uh, I a wonderful family, you know, and God's done nothing but bless me. Uh, I have given up all those worldly things, you know. Sold, you know, I've, I've sold everything I had to have that girl and it's worth it. And you know, if, if one message I would say is, you know, never give up praying. If you've got someone in addiction, my family never gave up praying. It's our human nature to want God to heal them when we want it to. You know, why won't we do it now? Right? They say when you've had enough pain, that's when you you're, you're gonna change. You know, God only knows our pain threshold. So don't ever give up praying. It's, it's gonna happen. Yeah. You, know, you know, and it just the kingdom of God is just it is it's everything. What it says in the, in the, in the verses, you know, it's, it's everything and you know, I enjoy every minute of it. I won't take any of it back. I just have to say I think
0: we can do better than that. You we do better than that? Can we get the Lord's <laughs> So listen, we we serve God as some works of miracles and I want that to encourage you um I would like there to be every story told from this stage about what God has done for you. Because I believe that there's something that happens when we begin to share our testimonies about what God has done in us.
1: And there's something that helps to encourage
0: us, every one of us, no matter where we are whether we can relate exactly to Sean's story or whether we have family members that can relate to, to Sean's story. But the key there, and this is something we do on Wednesday nights, is don't give up prayer. Like what I said a few weeks ago, don't give up on the harvest continue praying, continue believing, continue trusting because we do serve a God of miracles and we see the miracle in Sean and is Sean perfect yet? Uh, No, and nor am I and none of us are, right? But God's still working, God's still changing God is continuing to work in every one of us and so that's my encouragement today let's just, uh, just say a word of prayer here, Father I thank you for your word, Lord I thank you that we can come together in this place, that we can be encouraged with one another, we can be encouraged by hearing another story about what God, what you've done, Lord God, in our lives. And so, Father, I thank you for what you've done in Sean. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in each one of us. Lord, we give you the thanks because you are worthy of our thanks this morning. And Lord, we pray that you continue the work that you've begun in every one of us. This morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed. may be listening, and maybe you want to experience what John has experienced in his life. And you're ready this morning to make a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're here in this room. Or maybe it's time to rededicate your life. You've you've given your life to Christ in the past, but you've kind of been living your own way. There are things in this life that are more meaningful than. There will never satisfy your longing for purpose. If you're ready today to accept Jesus Christ in your life, all you have to do is to say a short prayer. To ask him into your heart, ask him into your life. To be made new. Jesus Christ died on a cross so that we can be forgiven. His blood was a sacrifice for our sin. Not only did he die, he rose from the dead so that we can raise to new life. But we can rise to new life. If you never surrender your life to Christ, or you need to renew a relationship with Him, today is the day. I'm just going to ask you to say this simple prayer Lord, I believe you died for my sins. And today I'm giving my life over to you. I believe you rose again forgive me in for my sins. Make me new right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, if you prayed that prayer, let us know in the chat if you're watching online or at the checkbox with the connection card. This little box to says you gave your heart to Jesus it says that. And I also want to encourage you to download an app, which is now over 500 million downloads, a new version. Uh, this app that's uh, Word of God, you can have it in your pocket or take it wherever you go. And you can download it, you can go to the devotionals and search for a devotion called First Steps for New Believers. I want to encourage you to do that because that helps you grow your faith. And you know what? Even if you've been a Christian for a while, it may not hurt to get a little refresher. So you can download it and do that uh, that as well, the First Steps for New Believers. I want to share with you this morning, as we have been talking about, that God is doing something. And I believe that things are beginning to shift. Similar to what Sean said this morning, the pain of sacrifice is worth it for the pleasure of vitality. The sacrifice is worth it. The sacrifice is worth it for the kingdom to grow, for this church to grow, to see God move in this church. But it will take some sacrifice, it will take putting the kingdom of God first. You see, nothing will happen apart from the people of God rising up and building the kingdom of God that will last for eternity. Because the church isn't this building. The church is you. The church is me. If this building were to be destroyed tomorrow, the church would still remain. So there are many needs in this church body and things that we could be doing. What sacrifice of time, finances, or... Or of yourself, are you willing to give in order to see a move of God in this church? It's a rhetorical question. One that I'd like you to think about. What of your time, your treasure, your talent? Why don't you be praying about that this week? What are you thinking about it. Is this is the next step. We can talk about it. What do we do with it? Can you give time and resources, or what you value? This Thanksgiving. Be thankful for the many blessings God has provided for you and your family. Be sure to recognize that God is the source of all of his blessings. And with a heart of thanks, pray about what you need to do to put the kingdom first and what it means to seek the kingdom of God in your life. Let's all stand together this morning and read this passage over the before we head out. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. This morning, my charge to you is to go and to live a life worthy of your calling. To go placing the kingdom of God first. To go not asking about what God can do for you, but what you can do for Go with a heart of thankfulness for every blessing God has given you and your family. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. God bless you. we see you next week.